Welcome to the Streamline podcast. My guest today is my very good friend, Lance Allen. Lance is a phenomenal guitarist. I managed to say that word, phenomenal. Guitarist from Nashville, Tennessee. We've had the pleasure of meeting a few times in person, had a few uh, beverages, had some great conversations, and I knew that we had to get him on the podcast. So Lance, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Mike. Glad to be here. Well, that is very good to hear. I know it is still relatively early in the morning and you've only had, what, one coffee so far? Yeah, we just made an espresso. So double espresso with some creamer in it. It's, I'm good to go. Nice, nice. So we're going to see that kick in maybe halfway into this recording. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, look, Lance, nobody can tell your story better than you can and I've had the pleasure of hearing it, but I would love for you to firstly introduce yourself and then share with the audience your story of uh, how you got into the music industry when you first, from when you first picked up a guitar to your success on streaming services. And for anyone that's listening, there's going to be some wow moments in here, especially when you hear Lance's success that he has had. So Lance, if, if you could play <laughs> a story with us. Okay. So here we go. Um, I, it's all about guitar really. Cause I, when I was a kid, my dad played guitar, right? That's where I got the idea of playing guitar. He would show me some things. And uh, of course, your parent never really has the focus to teach you. So he ended up getting me lessons with a guy named Randall, who was the local talented guitar player that uh, happened to like to drink some beer too. So we occasionally paid him in beer for my lessons. And I was just like 11 or so at the time. And I was really into uh, Nirvana and Metallica, that sort of music. And I had a friend named Bart and we sort of competed. And that's how I started to fall in love with the guitar. I got better at it and people started to take notice, that sort of thing. And uh, eventually moved off to Ohio and took lessons from another great teacher. And that's where I learned to finger pick. And if you folks don't know what finger picking is, it's basically where I just play with my fingers and do chords and melodies, sometimes bass and sometimes rhythm at the same time. Mm. And somewhere around that time, I think I picked up a guitar player magazine. I was a subscriber. And in the mag or the cover of the magazine was this, you know, uh, businessman dressed up and he was carrying a briefcase, but it, were actually, it was actually a guitar case that looked like a briefcase. And it was like a black and white photo. And inside that guitar player magazine, and this was like before the internet was awesome or anything like that. So it taught you how to make a living as a guitar player. So I really was inspired by that. And I read all about uh, touring musicians. That was one option. And uh, lessons, teaching lessons is another option. And like teaching, uh, like starting up clubs and, and groups and things like that. So I eventually started teaching lessons. And Right, uh, actually, right in high school, I, I think I had a student learning guitar, you know, a girl student, of course, you know, because I was like, you know, got to get the girlfriend or whatever. Uh, <laughs> uh, so it was fun. And uh, I was involved in church and played in a worship band and that sort of thing. So I taught a couple of kids how to play regular chords. And, and in college, I had a couple of students. I went to Eastern University, Eastern Kentucky University. And believe it or not, uh, you know, when you get out of high school, your parents, they want you to get a degree in something that like might make you money down the road, right? They're like, go to school and get your environmental health science degree so you can work for OSHA or whatever. So that's why I went to Eastern Kentucky University. And after two years there, I heard about this program at Middle Tennessee State University where I could learn how to record music. And I thought, wow, that is my environment. I actually, out of high school, wanted to go to Berkeley, but that was really expensive and EKU was a good option for me. Hmm. So uh, I transferred to Middle Tennessee State, started right up with the recording industry program there and made tons of friends that played instruments and recorded late at night. They had a, you know, a really nice studio and we would uh, basically rent or you know, uh, schedule our studio time at like one and two in the morning uh, for recording purposes for our class. Amazing, right? Wow. Uh, and even one of the artists that we recorded when I was at MTSU is Chris Young. And if you guys that are listening know country music at all, he's a famous country artist right now. He's a oh, yeah. superstar. So 
Chris and I were, were good buddies when he was a teenager and I was in college and we, you know, played guitar and did little local tours and shows and stuff. But anyway, I, um, I got out of college and took a job at a music store because I met the guy at MTSU and he was leading an open mic night basically. And he said, Hey, well, you're really good. Why don't you come down to my store and teach, learn, you know, teach some guitar lessons. And he was, you know, he was a kind of character, but mm-hmm. I, I eventually went and I learned how to, you know, teach a group of students uh, or at least, have more than one or two students i'd have like you know 15 students and i also worked the retail side and learned a lot about the music retail business like dealing with distributors and managing employees and budgeting and forecasting and all this sort of business stuff that i had no idea was going to apply to my later music career yeah and so i i stayed there for probably about eight years managing and teaching anywhere from 40 to 50 guitar students as a living. So you remember that guitar player magazine, uh, something there clicked and I, I went for that after college and was really pretty successful at it. And it came time for me to break off of the music store and go out on my own. And that was like the best thing ever. I was scared to leave the music store because I've, I kind of in a way felt trapped and just limited on what I could do. But I moved away from it and actually moved out of the office into my new office and started organizing my own student schedule. And at this time, I'd already put out one guitar recording album. And it was basically a live take of me playing some songs that I made up. And I did it in the studio and I called it Sometimes in Life. And that was probably around 2006 or so. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did that because I was inspired by guitar players like Tommy Emmanuel, Chet Atkins, Phil Keggy. There's a lot of them out there that do this sort of thing. Uh, so I, I made my own little CD and put it out there. And a couple of years later, I put another one out there called Naturally, and I recorded it with a local guy. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't long after that that I heard on the radio Tim Westergren talking about Pandora and it might have been in the 2007, somewhere in there. And, and I'm in Nashville, so they have this, uh, Lightning 100 has this thing called Music Business Radio. And I heard Tim Westergren on there talking about what Pandora was and what it was going to be. And he said, we're taking submissions as well. And, uh, you know, Monday morning, I sent my CDs to Pandora. <laughs> and they it took probably six or seven months to get approved. And it finally got approved and I, I wasn't aware that I would make any money. You know, I figured it was just a uh, little bits here. And of course years went by, you know, probably 2013 and I'm, I'm getting emails from this company called uh, sound exchange saying, Hey, you should sign up for uh, our district our royalty distribution thing. And I was like, I probably don't have any royalties in there. I know my music's been on Pandora, but uh, I'm not sure if I'd make a lot of money from that because there was no really data. I didn't know how how much my music was streaming or anything. Yeah. Uh, So I signed up for SoundExchange just to be safe because CD Baby was also sending me emails. Make sure you sign your music up with SoundExchange. So I did, and my wife and I had just taken our 10-year anniversary trip to Costa Rica. and Nice. I was like working on, I was working on my own at this time. And so money was tight. We lived, you know, pretty paycheck to paycheck because we had to use our funds for bills and things like that. So we, we figured we'd just spoil ourselves and eventually pay off our trip to Costa Rica. And when I got back from Costa Rica, I got a check in the mail from sound exchange. And amazingly, it was a lot more than the trip costed me. So it was kind of like just a blessing to, have that happen to me. And, uh, I was blown away by it. And basically they had paid me for all the years. My music was being streamed on Pandora wow. that I didn't know about. <laughs> so that's cool. Wow. And, um, I continued to get royalties from sound exchange on a monthly basis. So that was kind of cool getting the little bits of extra income for my music being played. And, uh, 
folks in the business world, that's called uh, uh, like a streaming income or a, a passive income. Mm-hmm. So I kind of did the work and, you know, you just get the money. Like if, if you were for investing or something, you know, your dividends would be a passive income. So I was getting this passive income and just spending it on advertisement, helping myself grow my lesson business, which has been strong ever since like the last couple of years. Cause last couple of years, I um, started to see some success on Spotify. So maybe I'll, I'll go in that direction now. And, Please. Um, yeah. I mean, firstly, I appreciate you sharing that story. I, I mentioned, I have heard your story before, but I, I know that the audience would find that really interesting and motivating and inspiring to know that, um, you know, just, Something as simple as back in the day you mentioned with Pandora when you would submit music by sending a CD to get on a streaming service, which sounds really bizarre, but people don't know. That's how it used to have to be when you would send music to radio in general. Um, And obviously now the submission system has changed somewhat. You can use a distributor. You mentioned CD Baby there before. Um, Or some of these uh, platforms you can distribute directly to them as well. But... I not to steal your funder here, but I would oh. I wanna I wanna hand it back over to you. And I know before we get into this, uh Lance on Spotify, his numbers are insane. Uh, I, I I know so many artists out there that are not even close to what he is doing. So Lance, I would oh. please just take the mic, take the mic okay. away from me and, and uh tell tell us your story on Spotify and how you're doing. So with CD Baby, they, I, you're allowed to select you know, your digital distribution, where you want it to go. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I didn't care. So I chose all of the things, the free things, the you know, things that could, people could download for free. Uh, Spotify was on that, of course. And this was early on uh, when Spotify was starting. And I really didn't see anything from Spotify for a while. And at this time, I think I had maybe three albums out. Mm-hmm. And so Spotify had, had three albums. Pandora had three albums. And this was before Apple Music or Deezer or any of these guys too. But I, I actually ch- made sure to get all of my music in all the places, free or paid, YouTube, all of them. And maybe in 2014, let's see, 2015, somewhere there. I don't know the dates. It doesn't matter to anybody. But I was teaching an online guitar lesson. Uh, Skype guitar lesson with one of my students. And he said, hey, one of your songs is playing on this popular Spotify playlist. And I wasn't even using Spotify. I had no idea. I thought Spotify, in fact, one time I downloaded it on my computer and my computer crashed and broke. And I was thinking it was like Kazaa or one of those illegal streaming things. And when you download stuff like that, you get all this adware and stuff. I thought that's what Spotify was when I uh, first started it. So I, I never got back on it until my student said, Hey, your music is playing on Spotify. So out of curiosity, I logged on to Spotify and checked it out. Of course, my music was on a big playlist called Acoustic Concentration. Mm. And my student was a, he's a lawyer. And I was like, do you think I'll get paid from that? He's like, you should, cause that's going to give you a lot of streams. And if you don't get paid, let me know. I'm a lawyer, you know? So <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so like maybe two or three months down the road, I get this like check for, or not a check, but a, you know, a digital payment from CD baby for like 700 bucks. And this nice. is from Spotify, right? Right. Cause my song had streamed like, yeah, I don't know, 500,000 times, or I don't know how, I don't remember how I'm just guessing based off of my average today. Uh, and um, I was like, that's neat. You know, (laughs) so I got this money from Pandora, which has been growing since the beginning, because the way Pandora works is you get these thumbs up and you just continue to grow slowly. So a lot of those folks that were on there early have, you know, their music streaming a lot. But so I ended up on the Spotify playlist and life just kept going and I kept getting little paycheck or pretty nice paychecks from Spotify each month. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't long, maybe a year or two after that my song was pulled and another one was put in and the, and the money kept going. So the, the playlist was doing well for me and it comes along. Um, so I'm on Spotify and, and then comes along a new playlist called peaceful guitar. Mm. And I looked at the playlist and 
I thought, wow, I play that sort of stuff, right? And I looked through it and there was a lot of my comrades on it at the time and I wasn't on it. So I was like, why am I not on it? I need to figure this out. And that's when I started doing some research. And I found out that Spotify employees and curators, they kind of pick songs based on, you know, what's doing well, how many playlists they're on, how many saves you're getting. And another thing, like, is the song getting streamed past 30 seconds or whatever? I think it's called a skip rate. If someone skips a song and that's kind of like a negative thing for you. And in my world, instrumental music, it's sort of in people's backgrounds. So a lot of times I would imagine like somebody skipping a song because it sounds terrible on the guitar. But I can imagine like in the R&B world, if something doesn't have a groove or a nice little hook to it, they might skip that, right? Yeah, definitely. And I just want to jump in there for uh, those people. When Lance mentioned skip skip rates, yes, that is part of it. Uh, The other thing is if your song plays for more than 30 seconds, that counts as a stream. So if somebody listens to your song for 31 seconds or 50 seconds or a minute, that counts as a stream regardless of if they listen to the rest of the track. Uh, But if somebody listens to your song for 15 seconds, you're not getting paid for that because that's not counting as a stream. Uh, Another thing is whenever you see a preview of a song from Spotify in your Facebook feed, your Twitter feed, wherever, you'll notice it's 29 seconds Mm -hmm. because they're not going to pay for somebody to listen to that or potentially just scroll past and hear it. Um, They're hoping that you go there and actually listen to the song in its entirety. Well, so during my research, I I was – like I'm going to start promoting myself on Spotify mm. and uh, really I hadn't Googled much. I was, this is just in the initial stages. So I was on Instagram and basically I'm just posting screenshots of my Spotify page saying, Hey, if there's anybody out there that might be interested in listening to my music, follow me on Spotify. And I'd use uh, as many hashtags as I could. I think you can do up to 30. Mm. And this guy, I had several people reach out to me like that said, you know, pay for streams. And I was a little leery of that. But one guy reached out to me and he said, hey, you should buy my book. And it was this guy named George Goodrich. And he had this book called The Slotify Method. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, is it really, is it really that good? Is, am I, I going to learn anything from that? Because CD Baby at the time had put out a very similar PDF, which I got for free mm-hmm. from their website. And a lot of the information from the CD pamphlet or CD Baby pamphlet was similar to what George had wrote in his book. But George is like, I'll just, I'll just give you the book, you know, tell me what you think. Mm. So he gave me the book and I read through it and I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to try a few of these things. And basically what the book and the CD baby pamphlet was telling you is you need to get on a lot of independent playlists. And for those of you that don't know, uh, Spotify too, well, there's several different kinds of playlists. You have the independent playlist, which is like you and me create a playlist of music. Mm-hmm. And then there's the Spotify editorial playlist, which those are the dreamy playlist you want to eventually get on. And I think there's another one that's like, uh, like a record label sort of thing, or maybe a brand. Yeah. 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 So those are hard to get on unless you're like on a record label, I would imagine, or associated with a brand. And so I started searching on Spotify, all these different playlists related to guitar music, literally hundreds of thousands of them. Mm -hmm. Some of them with one follower, some of them with 40,000, some of them with, you know, a few followers. And what I did is I would find the playlist on Spotify and see who created the playlist. If they had a name, a lot of people don't have names on Spotify. They're just usernames. Mm -hmm. And I would look that person up on Facebook. That was probably my first place to go because a lot of people would uh, sign into Spotify using Facebook and their profile picture would show up and you could match the profile picture to the Spotify profile picture. Yep. And basically I would friend them and introduce myself and say, Hey, I'm Lance Allen. I'm a musician and I found you on Spotify and I'd love for you to hear my music you know, because I see that you are interested in this kind of music. And I, that's it. I would just send them a link and I always introduced myself and I always told them why, I, why I'm reaching out to them. Because, mm-hmm. you know, on Facebook, you get all these creepy people like, you know, <laughs> nowadays it's, 
it's a bunch, you know, so you got to be yep. careful on Facebook, how you communicate with people because people don't really want to be bothered, I guess. But if you go with a purpose, then, you know, that's good. So, um, I did this for like an hour each day for probably six or eight weeks. So I was able to reach out to probably about a thousand people and some of them responded and some of them have yet to respond. And I just, uh, I kept consistent with it. Every once in a while I'll go back to those messages cause you can search on Facebook. I, I made sure to type in playlist in every one of my messages and I can search that keyword and, Nowadays, it's crazy. I've got all kinds of stuff that wouldn't yeah. relate to that. But at the time, I would go back and search and just like hit the little thumbs up button because sometimes people will only get messages when they're online and they might see see it when they're online. Uh, and uh, I got on some pretty good playlists at that point. And one of them was a reading playlist. And I just thought of all these different, you know, things that my music could go into one of them would have been sleep and the other one was like concentration or like I even looked up people like keywords in the Spotify search thing called sad songs Mm -hmm. and I found lots of playlists that I could potentially be on on sad songs with some of my slower minor sort of songs and and I just I did a lot of that and Hey, so this is actually sooner that I got picked up for the uh, peaceful guitar playlist because I was using LinkedIn to reach out to Spotify employees. Hmm. And yep. one guy said, Hey, uh, just use this form. I was like, well, God, I've been looking for this forever. Yeah. <laughs> and this is, this is before Spotify opened the doors and said, everybody could submit to an editorial person. And I got the form and I always would send him an email like, Hey, here's, you know, my new release or whatever. I started doing singles, uh, on Spotify when I figured out that, um, well, let's see, I wanted to be on a playlist called instrumental pop. So I started doing cover songs so that I could get on that playlist. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I did, and I'm, I developed a relationship with that guy that worked that playlist and we actually met up once and had coffee and, did something just like this. We just talked about our lives and, and that sort of thing. And, you know, we never forgot that. So I get on this playlist all the time now. And, um, let's see, where was, I was talking about, okay. So all the, oh man, get me straight. That's okay. Why don't, you know, if you want, (laughs) why don't you take a sip of that coffee that's probably sitting there and, uh, let me just sort of add in a few pieces there. So, um, it's all gone. Oh, that's okay. So you mentioned, uh, obviously, George Goodrich and his book. Um, I, I have to admit that book is actually one of the first pieces that I read. Um, I, I was already pretty deeply involved in playlisting personally, but I was always hungry for more information. So shout out to George Goodrich and his book as well. I believe it's got a longer title now, It's um, but if you search for George Goodrich, on Amazon, all of those stores, it is there. Um, more, more importantly, um, go go to Lance Allen's website and click his link <laughs> because he he's the man that shouted out that book. And uh, that's okay. <laughs> uh, I also in the in all that research, I found your book as well. And yours was at the time it had you know some more information about you know using social media, and that was really good. Now I know you. I've got a little section there now in your book, a nice little update. You've been immortalized um, in the book. <laughs> yeah. So uh, work hard, playlist hard was a great, uh, a great book to have and to work out some of those things as well. Now, not everything's going to apply to everybody. Mm. You need to pick sort of the best thing that fits you and your lifestyle and your kind of music. Um, my, my thought process on it was I've got to be everywhere and I've got to do everything I can to succeed. That's kind of how I went into this. I saw the opportunity and then I was like, I'm going to 10X this. And what I mean by 10X is work harder than anybody else. Mm. Uh, or at least try to do 10X, just more than 1X, you know. Yeah. Um, so I, I put in the effort and did all the hard work, which was, you know, spend time on the computer, trying to make new friends and influence people. Mm-hmm. And... You know, I got on that that peaceful guitar playlist. And by the way, when I got on that peaceful guitar playlist, that sort of set my numbers off big because it was a growing playlist at the time. And 
I think once I got on there, my song, I went from probably like 50,000 monthly listeners to 270,000 monthly listeners or something like that. And I was still putting out music. Actually, this is a funny story. The second one that I got on Peaceful Guitar. Here we go. This will be good. So I decided I'm going to record a song that sounds like all the other songs that are on Peaceful Guitar or in a similar fashion. (laughs) Genius. Yeah. So I did that. I set up in my living room with my garage band and uh, a single microphone. And I, I didn't record in a studio or anything fancy. Fri- refrigerator humming in the background. It's kind of a rainy day. And I use that. It's rainy here now. So I use that as sort of an inspiration. And I got my classical guitar because all the songs on that playlist were similar to uh, the sound of the nylon string guitar. And I had this little idea that I was working on. It didn't have a title or anything. And I just recorded it one take. Mm-hmm. And... I titled it Raining Slowly because that was the nature of what was happening. I took my guitar out in the grass and took a picture of it. I used font candy to create a, a album cover. Mm-hmm. Used their font and it's my guitar with some little drops on it. And I titled it Raining Slowly and I submitted it uh, to my distributor. And two days later, it was on Spotify. And two days later, I was looking at my Spotify.artist. I'm like, man, this song's getting a lot of streams. And this was before Spotify would send you an email saying, you've been added to a playlist. You know, your fans are going to be excited or whatever. Uh, so I had to go and figure it out. And I, I looked and looked and saw that it got added to Peaceful Guitar after the first, I, I, I just released it. And two days later, it was on Spotify and it was on a big playlist. Wow. And, um, I think, I don't even think I sub- sent, I may have sent in the form at the time which they don't do anymore. All those forms are closed off and can't use them. Yeah. But I think I may have sent it to a couple of LinkedIn contacts saying, Hey, here's a new song. I stayed up late so that I could, that'd be their first thing to see in their inbox, you know? And, uh, it only took me about an hour of work to do that song and get it released. And it really paid off. And I'll be honest, you know, it was, plus more than $1,000 a month for one song being on the Peaceful Guitar Playlist. Mm. And I've been on it for two years. And I've had, I've had up to three songs on there, and I've had a number one position on, on Peaceful Guitar. And when you have a higher-up position on a playlist, that's like, booyah, you lots yeah. of streams. Yeah, I went up to over a million monthly listeners when I was number one on Peaceful Guitar. <sighs> and I was on there for 14 days. And that was nice. And now I'm doing, I'm trying to do the same thing. I've got other songs that are peaceful guitar ready. Mm -hmm. I even also did an album of piano music so that I could target peaceful piano. And I've been working and collaborating with other artists. I've got a, a singer that I've worked with named Ryan Fine. And he's, he's great. And we went in and did these unique cover songs and we've been releasing those as singles because now you can submit to Spotify with singles. So what's the point of doing an album unless the album is like a part of a story basically. And uh, so we've been doing singles and trying to get on, you know, big playlists. Who knows? Wow. So I, I love the, um, you know, that kind of brings back to why I wanted to include you in my book. And another reason why I wanted to get you on here today is, um, where you saw a need for a specific style of music on those playlists and realized that's pretty close to what I do. I could create that. And so you sat down and like you said, very simple. You just sat down. There wasn't, you didn't go into the studio and you just simply hit record on a rainy day, recorded that garage band. Yeah, garage band free program on my computer that was about to die. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad it didn't. And and as you said, in one hour, that was it. You put it up and you've got that ongoing revenue from that song being in those playlists. And you mentioned, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, at one point you peaked at 1 million monthly listeners. Yeah, that so, was uh, January last year. Wow. I was on, on Peaceful Guitar, number one spot for 14 days, I think. Wow. And, uh, you know, for those people listening right now, 1 million monthly listeners is not just 1 million streams. That's 1 million unique people that have listened to at least one song from Lance. So the number of streams 
would actually be higher than the number of monthly listeners because there's right. people who would potentially listen to five, six or more of your songs on various playlists, especially if they're going to Peaceful Guitar as their go-to playlist a few times a week. Um, so that's that's unbelievable, man. Yeah, <laughs> actually... I keep track. I go to Spotify artists all the time. Like I check it, like I wake up and that's the first thing I check. Wow. And at the time, I think when that one was on, I almost got to 3 million streams. Wow. In a month. And now I'm, I'm getting close to that now with all my catalog mm. and go back to George for a second. He did a, a blog post about me being a, uh, a guitar slinging dad and why I have more streams than anybody else or whatever. And it talked about me and how I worked, you know, basically my story. But in that story, I said something to the fact that I, I would need about 60 million streams to pay off my house. Yeah. So that was a, like sort of a goal that I set and I wrote it, wrote it down and it's on a little, you know, sheet of paper hanging up in my office. And I look at it every day when I'm in there and I see that, goal every time. And it just reminds me that I wanted to do that. Uh, and I'm really close to 60 million streams now total just on Spotify. And I'm, I'm not like paying my house off actually, uh, and reinvesting in myself, but I am putting more into the mortgage. I'm paying my mortgage payment with all the revenue from Spotify. We're not talking about Amazon or Apple. Those guys also are a part of the whole passive income stream for me, but Spotify is kind of the winner at this point, uh, for me. And, uh, yeah, so it's, it's taking care of my family right now. And last year we needed a new car. So it was no problem to go out and just buy a new car. That's and, amazing. Yeah. What, yeah. what an amazing story. And, and just, you know, for people out there who go, Oh, my music's too unique. I, I have, a, I only have a niche market. That's, that's actually a blessing. I, I believe in a way, because, there's not that many guitarists out there who are doing what you do, actively promoting themselves and, uh, to quote what you said with George, slotifying um, yeah. and actually putting that time in to promote their music. And, uh, you know, th that's the best way to actually get it in front of these curators because they, they may love your music if they ever hear it. So put it in front of them, send it to them, slide into their DMs, do, do whatever you do because, um, you know, you're a prime example that that works. Well, here's another unique thing that you can do. And I, I started this after uh, I basically, when I w wanted to get on that peaceful guitar playlist, I looked at all the people that were on there and I, I would reach out to these artists and say, Hey, did you know you're on this playlist? I'm like, how did you get on there? And I made a friend named Dennis up in Canada and him and I started talking and he was on the playlist at the time. And he was like, you really, I'm going to make some money. I was like, yeah, you're going to make some money. I've been making money on this other playlist. And, yeah. and he didn't believe it. And we just started chit chatting and sure enough, he made a big paycheck and this was still before I was on the playlist. And, mm -hmm. and Dennis and I started talking about Spotify for artists and uh, making playlists and, and things like that. So we actually came up with the idea. Um, I came up with it and he sort of agreed with me and I created a playlist called acoustic guitar cafe. And what I was going to do was, grow the playlist by putting in all these guitar players that I know whose music is on Spotify. And basically the rule was, Hey, I'm going to put you in the playlist. Make sure, make sure that you share it to your fans, uh, put it in your emails, put it on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook. And let's grow this playlist because if we grow a fan base. We can start seeing streams from this playlist. So I started a, a group of people to do that in, Eventually, I, I said, okay, who wants to do a Spotify ad and see if this will work? So I, I grouped about maybe 15 people and they chipped in 20 bucks each. And mm -hmm. I, I managed to create a little uh, radio advertisement on Spotify for my playlist. Mm -hmm. And it didn't really do so hot. So I was able to end the advertising campaign and put the money back into Facebook ads. And I was able to reach more people through Facebook ads and started finding followers and listeners to my own playlist, which had my own music in it and everybody else's music. And then I created a Facebook secret group just for my acoustic guitar cafe people. Mm -hmm. And we start sharing advice and people start releasing songs and they all create playlists. So anytime somebody creates a, a new song, 
it gets put on their playlist that they created. And sometimes they'll put it up at the top so that you get an initial bump and then they'll shuffle it down or whatever. But now, now I'm getting like every week there's somebody releasing something in that group, whether it's a single or an album or, or whatever. So, and I've actually been collaborating with some other guitar players in the group now. And that's really exciting thing to see that happen as a result of acoustic guitar cafe. I've seen some of my comrades get put on peaceful guitar as a result. Yeah, and I mean that's got to start feeding the uh, the algorithm and also telling Spotify, hey, these artists are similar, so let's start grouping them together. Let's start, you know, looking at artists that are similar to Lance Allen, and that that's definitely going to help as well. And you know, obviously the the group is a great idea. You've got artists with a similar talent, similar interest. Uh, they're in the within a similar genre, even. And you're all helping each other. You're sharing advice. You're sharing each other's music. And that that playlist, I mean, it, it's a really well-curated playlist as well. It's not just a mash of anyone that you know that's released music. It's curated properly with the intention that people are going to enjoy listening and they're going to discover new music and they're going to keep listening to it, which is really important. Good curation is key in a playlist, uh, especially if you're going to put money in advertising it. You want to keep people hooked on there and listening the entire time. That's right. And sometimes I actually, I don't really like make the order specific. Sometimes I'll put, I'll listen to it, but uh, I use a website called text mechanic to shuffle all of my tracks because I I want it to be kind of fair, you know? So there's over 300 tracks in there, which is, that's crazy for like a a playlist, but somebody's going to listen to it and just put it on for a while because it's kind of background music. Uh, If you look at Spotify playlists, you know, they're like the pop ones and, you know, ones with songs like that people sing, there's usually 50 to 70 tracks. There's never really more than that. Um, But for the instrumental thing, you know, if it lasts all week, people hear something different each time. I know on Pandora, I had a friend that had Pandora for his restaurant Mm -hmm. and he would uh, play it and it would eventually start over basically. So with me shuffling the music, it kind of is interesting. You know, it's not the same thing every time. And uh, I get new artists, you know, requesting to be in there. In fact, some people send me tracks that don't even match. Uh, They even tell me, I listened to your playlist and I'd like to be included. (laughs) And they didn't listen to it because it it clearly says that it's instrumental acoustic guitar. Yeah, that's it. And, you know, that's why it's so important to actually do your research if you're going to say that. Don't just go, I listened to your playlist, my music's a perfect fit, and then send a... uh, a dubstep track to Lance because <laughs> he's he's probably not going to listen to anything else you ever send him, even if you do decide in the future to release an acoustic guitar cover of a dubstep track or something like that. So just, you know, copy and paste, yeah, sure. You may do that for the the majority of the email or the message you're sending, but at least just click play on that playlist and listen to it first because you could be wasting your time and you could be wasting that curator's time and it's not going to get you anywhere. And then you could move on to the next one where you find a playlist that is a great fit and you can send an email that's a little more personalized because you've got that little bit of extra time and you're going to find better results by actually matching up curators that have playlists that actually fit your music. I feel like the last year or even two years, I, I was just at a good time. It was a good timing to start reaching out to people because now everybody seems to be doing it and it's, it's becoming more limited. I mean, just have to, you have to like really think about how you're going to present yourself to somebody mm. because like you said, people are, they've got regular lives and they don't want to fuss with their playlist that they're not getting any benefit from other than just their own listening pleasure, you know? So Here's an example. Maybe it's an example of one that I, I knew I wanted to be on. I'll give a couple examples here, because mm-hmm. um, I wanted to do anything possible to get on some playlist, within reason. I wasn't going to like you know do crazy things. But one lady I wanted to uh, reach out to wasn't responding to my messages on Facebook, so I actually did something crazy and I reached out to her husband. <laughs> yeah. Right. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> It's a very ballsy move. And um, you know what? He listened to my music and liked it <laughs> and told her about it. And then she finally messaged me and said, hey, Lance, 
thank you for sharing your music with me. I've added it to my playlist. You know, now I've become friends with this lady. And wow. we, we chat every once in a while, and she's watched my Spotify career grow. So that was really interesting. Uh, now, I wouldn't suggest that for everybody. You really have to take... <laughs> I didn't just email him and say, Hey, I'm trying to get in touch with your wife or whatever. <laughs> Lance, I, I have to ask, how, how did that approach look? How did you do that without being creepy and without getting cussed out by this guy or, or worse? Oh God. Thinking back, I was probably like, it was very general because I, I just, I didn't want to cause any harm or anything, you know? Mm-hmm. And honestly, I, you know, I wouldn't recommend anybody do it. Uh, but, if you do something like that, just say, Hey, I'm Lance uh, on Spotify. Or, hey, I'm put your name in there. If not my name. Well, if you want to put my name in there, make sure you put my link in there too. Uh, but <laughs> uh, just reach out and be kind. Okay. Don't be creepy. Say, Hey, I'm a musician on Spotify. I'd like to share my music with you. Uh, if, if you're interested and then that might open up a, you know, a doorway. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happened for me. And I actually, I did some things that, probably would can be considered un, not unethical, but just not right on Facebook terms, you know? So like one of them that I wanted to get on was a sad songs playlist. And I went to this lady's page and she wouldn't respond to messages or anything. So I saw she had an open comment thread, you know, she right. could comment on any of her pictures without being connected to her, her fault, not mine. Okay. <laughs> so I scrolled through and I found something related to Spotify. Mm-hmm. Right. I didn't want to just comment on a picture of her with a puppy or whatever, you know, and say, Hey, I'm Lance, check out my music. So I found a Spotify post and that was my opportunity to suggest my music. And she got onto me and said that I was, you know, whatever she'll never, well, so I, I went out of my way to try and reach out to this person. Okay. uh, But so, you know, move on from those situations. And, um, Anyway, so that, that may have been a little weird. Don't comment on people's Facebook posts. <laughs> Unless, you never know, right? I say go for it if you do it in a kind, presentable way. Uh, uh, look, um, if you had one mutual friend and you asked that mutual friend, that, sure. that, that would be another way, of course. But yeah, yeah I, can, I can, I mean, look, I, I admire your hustle and uh, your, your determination. And you know, I don't do that often, by the way. No, of so. course. And, and you know what, uh, like you said, you're not saying that people should go and try this, but at the same time, she could have responded positively and, uh, you know, or perhaps didn't respond at all. And then a few weeks later, you appeared in Peaceful Guitar or, you know, on yeah. my list and she went, I, I remember that guy. You know what? This is pretty good. Maybe, maybe I'll write back to him. And uh, you mentioned with all those DMs that you sent where people haven't responded. It's funny. Uh you know, because obviously my background, we're not talking about my story, but uh, re- releasing music as well. I have messages from, let's say, t- uh, 2012 that I sent to people where I sent them a track and um, no response, which, which happens. Uh, you know, DMs don't always actually get read by people. And, uh, you know, now recently they've been hitting me up. Hey, man, I've got a new track out. We would you consider it for your playlist? And then they've actually seen the previous message from... That's funny. You know, seven years ago where um, I sent them my track and they didn't respond. And, you know, it's, it's funny. I mean, I, it's, I don't take any offense to it. I know that I'm terrible with messages and emails. I try my best, but it's hard. And so I, I just, it's funny. There's that reminder there that this person tried to reach me X amount of years ago and I didn't respond. So maybe... I should actually make the effort to respond now because I really want to connect with them. So I never hold grudges about anything in this industry. And, uh, you know, especially DMs, you don't know, you could have reached someone at a really bad time. You could have had a really bad approach at that time and you didn't realize. Um, So I would would suggest for anybody that's going to like communicate with people to like read that book, uh, how to make friends and influence people. There's a lot of really great techniques in that. And that's what you want to do. You want to, you want to be able to communicate in a friendly way because you're selling yourself. Yes. You're selling your music, which is part of you and you're selling yourself. So you want to make sure that you're presenting yourself in the best way possible without a door being slammed in your face. And that's how like a lot of times I I got endorsement deals with guitar brands and I've done work like that too, since uh, on the other side of my business, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the music, 
performing and doing clinics for the Takamini guitar brand and various other brands. But you want to make sure, you know, you develop good relationships with people. And one of these playlisters I developed a good relationship with, and uh, now I'm teaching them guitar lessons. And I actually, I just said, hey, man, I'm on this playlist and I'm making this much money probably from your playlist. I'm getting this many streams. I'll give you free guitar lessons as a, a gratitude toward you. And we've become pretty good friends as a result of that. And uh, every time I release a song, guess what? Boom, on the top of his playlist. Yeah. And, you know, he takes care of me and I take care of him by um, making him laugh and teaching him guitar. And I know his family and everything's going good. You know, it's kind of cool. Yeah, that's it. And, you know, it, it is important. You have to remember that it's not a robot at the other end that you're reaching out to. It's a real person. And if they like you, it doesn't mean that they want to be your friend or they you know, they think you're the best person, <laughs> you know, anything like that. But basically, if they like you, they're they're okay to hear from you. And over time, that will grow and develop. So, I mean, like you said, you've had these relationships or friend, I, you know, call them friendships. I perhaps this is a better term. Um, you had you've developed these friendships over time, where you just reached reached out and you were this nice, polite guy with a really cool beard, and you had a guitar in your picture, and they knew what you're all about very quickly. And then over time, you got talking, and they realized that there's more to you than that. You're you're the you're a family guy. You love coffee. You uh, oh yeah. You know, you know how to play yo yo. You you have yeah, disco trips. You know, and, um, <laughs> all of this cool stuff. And then and then they go. You know what? I can't wait to hear from Lance again. And then <laughs> the last thing that you have to do is just send them that track, where, which. You know, that's you don't even have to ask when it gets to that point with people. You know, they're following you. They're going to see it in their release radar, and they're going to go, "Oh, Lance, yeah, yeah." That's an amazing thing now. Release radar. That. Yeah. Oh, uh, I got to tell a quick story. Well, one thing: be persistent with your stuff too. Always don't yeah. don't give up just because nobody's responding to you. Uh, you have to be persistent and pursue it with passion. Just keep going. Because it took time, you know, to get up to where I'm at. And I, I really have higher goals in mind. So I'd like to be double what I'm doing now. And that's that's kind of where I'm set at now. And having goals and uh, being persistent with is very important. Um, so I've, I've lost my train of thought. No, that's okay. You, you were saying about being persistent and then yeah. you always have goals. And once you've achieved those goals, you always have to have the next goal ready. Like you said, you want to double oh. it. Yeah, I was uh, sorry. I was going to say something about release radar. That's that right there is a great tool. So, oh, yes. Uh, again, I was every day I post a screenshot of my Spotify thing, and I use different hashtags on Instagram. Instagram's kind of where it's at now for uh, finding you know the twenty somethings, and those are yeah. the people that I think are using Spotify the most, twenty to thirty four or something in there, and using all these different hashtags, inviting people to find your Spotify page. And I've been using stories a lot more lately too, which stories is amazing. You can see how many eyeballs you've got looking at your story in Spotify. You can actually share to your story now. And anytime Spotify gives you a tool, I suggest you use the tool as much as you can from Spotify's app. Uh, Pasting a link is fine, but how Spotify, they'll know if they get a link referral but if you're clicking from the Spotify page, sharing in all these various places, then that'll pop up first, probably on their end. And I, I, from what I hear, the Spotify editorial team, they have a whole other type of program that looks like Spotify, but it has much more data in it. You've maybe seen it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But their, their program is intense. It shows all kinds of you know, graphs and stuff, I would imagine it. So you want to make sure you're doing everything possible to increase those graphs on their end, you know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, definitely Instagram. Keep posting on Instagram. <laughs> definitely. And, um, you know, with Instagram, like you said, you can swipe up and add a link in there. You can share directly from the Spotify app. So it will actually have in the top left corner in Instagram, it will say, play this song on Spotify. And then to add to that in Instagram, you can choose the music icon right. and you can add your song so people can hear a clip of it and go, oh, I love this. I want to keep listening. Play so on I'll Spotify. do like three or four of those. I'll do three or four of those. I haven't done them in a while, but I'll like post a picture of like nighttime, you know, at night because that's when I like to post on Instagram when uh-huh. I'm sitting in bed. And I'll, I'll put like these really peaceful songs in these nighttime posts and 
I'll, I'll try to do these little things that'll get people to click on it because yeah. you actually have to click on it to listen all the way through. So I'll like draw an arrow and say, listen all the way through or click and enjoy. And some people stick around on it and you get that data if someone clicks on it or a, what do they call it, a sticker tap maybe. Mm-hmm. So make sure that you're thinking of clever ways to get that engagement going. Definitely. And um, I, I'm going to ask you if you're okay sharing this tip with people, or if you prefer to keep it to yourself, but I know that there's a, a few certain tips on Instagram that you have relating to hashtags. And uh, it's up to you if you're comfortable sharing or if you prefer to keep that under your hat and we'll just cut this bit out after, but uh, no, that's okay. How do you feel about sharing with, with the audience here? Cause it's, it's okay. fantastic. Okay. So if you're on a, if you're using stories and you use a hashtag, maybe one or two, you don't want to use too many. And you can actually use the text editor to put a hashtag into your stories. For example, if I take a picture of my acoustic guitar and I'm going to post it on my story, uh, use the hashtag acoustic guitar. And you can actually hide that acoustic guitar by shrinking it or when you actually, I think you can hide it behind a picture as Mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. Um, It takes a little bit of manipulating to figure that out, but you can do it. But when you do that, it looks fresh. You know, you don't have like hashtags and all this messy looking photo. But what happens when you put the hashtag in there is you actually, you post in the hashtag stories and a lot of people are viewing the hashtag acoustic guitar story. Mm. And what I'll do is I'll make sure that my music link is in that picture. You know, maybe I use that guitar to record that song with, or Mm. maybe it didn't, I can say I did or didn't, it doesn't really matter. But, uh, I'll get like two or 300 eyeballs on that story just from using the hashtag acoustic guitar. And I did a a series of electric guitar ones the other day where I was just playing riffs and stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, this, I don't think I linked it back to my Spotify, but I typed in there hashtag guitar. And I think I had like 1200 eyeballs on one of the videos. Wow. Yeah. So that's okay. Make sure you use a hashtag in your Insta story and uh, you'll show up in that hashtag's Insta story, which is a lot of eyeballs. That is fantastic. And you mentioned that on Instagram, people, the same way you would follow another user, the same way I follow you, you can follow a hashtag. And, you know, if you go to hashtag music, it probably says 14 million followers or whatever. So you're fighting a bigger audience there. But if you go hashtag acoustic cafe or acoustic guitar there's a smaller audience and and they're focused specifically on that so when they see that in their story they're going to pay attention especially when they're this one. Hashtag, reading them hashtag spotify curator oh make man yourself, make yourself a video saying hello spotify thank you for curating my music into your editorial playlist and that's it yeah you never know right you uh, never know, and, and you might get their attention because, I mean, if I, if I worked at Spotify, I would be following hashtags and seeing what people are saying. The same with any company. You're always monitoring. You have to know what people are saying on social media. Um, the other thing you mentioned was hashtags, how you can hide them behind an image in the story, of course. But the, right. another tip there is if you have a single-color background, if you have a blue background, just write all the hashtags in text. Make it make the text color the same as the background. It disappears and there it's right there. Yeah, that's another trick, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't work if you've got a big, beautiful, uh, multicolor picture, uh, but that's when you just simply put the text in first and then drag another image in over the top. I did find out that when you share from Spotify your album, there's like a little link in the upper left-hand corner you can click to take you to Spotify. Yes. And it'll show the album cover on the... Uh, it'll generate like a color similar or it works. Yeah. So, and you can increase that album cover or decrease it. And when you increase it, you can hide text and things underneath it. Exactly. And then whenever you touch on that image, it brings it forward, which pushes the text back behind it. There you go. So, and honestly, I've never seen a lot of success using a lot of hashtags on Insta stories. So in posts, yes, it's fine. I think you can, still find new folks on uh, general posts. But as far as like Insta stories, usually one or two, no more than three does better. 
Yeah, and also make sure you always tag a location. I mean, don't tag where you live, don't tag your house, but tag the city that you're in at that time or tag, right. you know, if you went to a coffee shop nearby that day, tag that general area because what happens is people actually follow locations on Instagram as well. So I, didn't, I didn't know that, so I'm going to do that next time. So to give you an idea, last time I went to Nashville last year, uh, the CD Baby DIY Con, of course, I followed all the CD Baby stories and hashtags. I also followed the Nashville hashtag. And so I got to see all of these posts of different events that were happening around Nashville that day. And I, I'd see people at these cool spots and I'd go, I want to go check that out. I just saw it in my story. That looks great. And um, so by doing that, by adding Nashville as a location for yourself, you're, you're going to potentially find a whole new audience that's local that you know, may come and see you if you're doing a seminar, if you're doing a performance, whatever it is. Yeah. By the way, I did a, I did a nice little thing there uh, at their CD Baby conference, and you can actually view that on Facebook. And here's a I, I I got the opportunity to do this, and I thought it would be cool to have the most views. So I you know I, I boosted that video, <laughs> and it got the most views. You know, uh, and again, hopefully leading people back to I'm going to go check out Lance. Oh, his music is pretty good. I'm going to list my kids will like this or whatever. You know, yeah. Um, so. Who knows? I I thought that was kind of clever, you know, and also like if you, I use YouTube a lot too. Mm -hmm. So my YouTube channel is Guitar Lancer and it's a lot of reviews of guitar related stuff or music related stuff. Mm -hmm. And every video, there's a call to action at the end to find my music on your favorite streaming service. And I make sure I link to Spotify and all the ed infos info places and I actually created a web page off of my web page that's like lanceallenmusic.com backslash Spotify. I did one for uh, Spotify and Pandora and Apple. And basically it's a hidden page that if you were using Google, you might find it and then uh, see like for Spotify, for example, just that page talks about me on Spotify and some of the playlists that I'm on and I'm promoting Spotify. There's a follow button on there from the Spotify API, you can get a button to post on your website. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that sort of thing shows up and shows up on your Google search. So if you're Googling Lance Allen Spotify, you're going to find my page. That's a good sign from like a Spotify employee. If they search you up Lance Allen Spotify and they see that you have a web page created yeah. promoting their product, their service. So that's bonus points. Definitely. And, um, you know, that's that's right up there. I mean, that's one step ahead of what I would have said, which is just making sure that in Spotify for Artists, you have a bio and you've uploaded some photos and you've linked to your social media. You actually created a, a page on your website dedicated to your presence on Spotify, which which is fantastic. And like you said, they're going to search you and they're going to see that. And, and um, you give love, you get love as well. So, you know, obviously your music has to be right. Your music has to be great to be considered for these playlists. But the the effort that you're putting in is obviously getting noticed as well and is being very well accepted, which is great. Yeah. And another note, I, I got a song on that Peaceful Guitar playlist. Mm -hmm. And so this, I got a third song on there with a uh, collaboration the, with a violinist that I did. And there was a couple of violin tracks on peaceful guitar where guitar is the main focus and it got pulled off in December and I was really bummed by it because that's like a chunk of money, you know? Mm. And then I was like, Oh, well you're going to do it again. So if something like that happens, which it will, you'll get pulled off a playlist. Yeah. It could happen again. You could get on that playlist again. I know your band just got on a playlist. I don't know if you're still on there, yeah. but basically you keep putting out singles, being consistent. You're always going to be getting on release radar. If you're, submitting a, a more than a week in advance and yes. you know, doing the editorial thing. And if you're building your following, that's like, okay, so my, I have 4,500 followers on my Spotify page, which if you listen to this podcast, I'd love for you guys to come follow me on the, uh, on the old Spotify because then my, my music will show up and you like it because most everybody likes what I do. And, and we are going to link that in the, the yeah, description the, as well. So anywhere you're listening to this podcast, uh, there's going to be a link in the description to Lance as well. So you can, yeah, and you can find you him can and follow him. Yeah, listen to any, you know, you can listen on any of the, any of the streaming services. Yeah. Spotify is just where it's at for me. And um, so I feel like a, an ambassador for the brand since I'm, you know, doing really well with them. Yeah. 
Uh, just a sec. I was Thank thinking, time, man. We've been going for a long time here. This is great. I, I love our conversations because they, they just keep going because your head is just full of so much knowledge and you tell the story so dang well. Um, you, you can imagine for anyone that's listening, well, I, I hope you're still listening right now, but you can imagine what it's like when we have a couple of beers and we get talking. It's just we, we could talk all night about this. Um, Man, uh, if you guys are having a hard time figuring out what to do, take a nature walk. That's that's about yes. the best thing to like, you know, some people call them gratitude walks and uh, I like to ride a bicycle. So I'll just go ride a bike for about 10 miles and I come home and I'm ready to, to do some things that I've been thinking of, you know, and on, on that little trip. So time by yourself is a good way to find something to do. No phones or anything like that. Just kind of away from your electronic device. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I had something on my head and now I forgot it. You know, when you get older, you start to <laughs> lose, your, uh, get older. lose your train of thought. Look, Lance, no matter how old you get, there's always going to be someone that's older than you and you're going to be a kid to them. So, that's right. you know, I, I love it. I always, I always figured when I get to this age, I would feel like an old man, but I realized that I'm still a kid to someone else. So you're only as old as you feel. So it's just, um, but like, but like you said, you know, while, while you're trying to figure out what you're going to say there, going for a walk is so important. Um, when you're sitting there and you just get writer's block or you've been extra creative or you've been working hard on pitching your music or slotifying once again, um, that's become a normal term for me. I love that term. You know, yeah. once once it gets to that point where you just you're you're staring at the screen blankly or you're looking at all these tabs you have open, that's a good time to just close the lid on your laptop or turn off your monitor, turn off your screen and go for a quick walk. It's it's amazing what going outside for 5-10 minutes and just a change of scenery will do for you. You come back, you've got fresh ears, you've cleared your head. It's um I this is true. It works. It's funny. It does. It does make us sound like old men. Oh, I just need to go for a walk and get some air, and I'll be fine. It, it, it's not, <laughs> you know. It's um, but but it does really help. And so, you know, if if you are feeling a bit overwhelmed or, or a bit stressed out, or you're not quite sure what to do next, go for a quick walk. I mean, some of the best ideas that I've had have been while I'm on a walk because I have no, nothing else feeding into my ears. I'm just out there and something goes into my head and I come back and I go, I got to do this. I got to do this now. Yeah, man. So how are you going there, man? Yeah, I think, I think we might wrap this up soon. Um, I think the walk thing is a good advice for people, you know, cause yes. I know I got bogged down on, uh, playlist searching and stuff. And then, then all of a sudden people are like, Hey, Spotify is not the only thing, you know? And I'm like, Oh crap, I got to go on over to Apple and all this other stuff. And, you know, take your time with little bits of things. You know, this is, a, this is not a quick thing. Hmm. It's a business that, I mean, think of it as a business, you know, and business takes a while to grow. You're not going to become an overnight success unless you're really, really hot and sing really well. Yeah. Well, actually, we know you don't have to sing really well. The hot thing, you know, is that, that works for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, but, you know, just keep at it. Keep pursuing. Keep persistent. And make sure you're passionate about it. And, you know, there you go. That's it. Well, let, let's wrap this up. Let's, let's finish off. So uh, tell people where they can find you online. I know you've mentioned some of the handles, but let's just tell them one more time all the places that they can find you online. Yeah, you could just Google Lance Allen or guitarlancer.com. Mm-hmm. Guitar Lancer is my, you know, sort of uh, pseudonym for my brand and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, uh, there's guitar lessons out there. There's Spotify stuff. There's, if you're looking for a guitar, I've probably done a review on it, you know. <laughs> um, Instagram and Facebook, all that's going to be Guitar Lancer. Twitter is Guitar Lancer. Mm-hmm. Everything is Guitar Lancer. Fantastic. Well, lastly, let's. I like to end this with a um, a final piece of advice, or it could be some words of wisdom. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be music related; could be life related. Whatever you would like to share with the audience, uh, this is this is your time to do it. Right. And I so, put it on the spot. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> like I, I actually just said it recently. So pursue with passion, 
persistently and set goals, whether you set higher goals sometimes, but make sure you write them down and you see them every day. And that'll help you keep on track with the persisting. So that's the best advice I could give if, if you're going for something and put in the effort. Don't just sit around. <laughs> Definitely. And you are proof that if you put in the effort, you stay persistent, it will happen. So, um, Lance, I really want to thank you for taking the time. I know we had an extended conversation here and I'm truly grateful for you to uh, be able to switch off from everything that you're doing to spend some time with me and and talk to the audience and uh, everyone that's listening out there. And I encourage everyone that's listening, go and follow Lance online. Even if acoustic guitar isn't necessarily your jam, watching how Lance navigates social media and streaming platforms is going to inspire you regardless of what genre of music you're putting out you watch this guy and you're going to learn stuff just by watching him i mean i've learned stuff by watching him that's why i put him in the book oh shucks oh and i'm going to be 40 this year so remember you're not too old to do you know if you're like 35 and you're feeling like you're old or you know 30 You know, even if you're 50, you know, I mean, the guy that one of the guys that got on the big playlist is is in his 50s, maybe 60. Right. So, okay, whatever. Yeah. Might just retire a bit earlier. Why not? Whatever. You know, (laughs) it's um, but yeah, look, um, Lance, thank you once again. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I and um, I look forward to catching up with you in Nashville very soon. And uh, I hope you have a fantastic day. We're going to have frosties, buddy. (laughs) Excellent. Thank you, my friend, Lance Allen. Thank you.